Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back to Crimes and Cocktails. We are continuing our little summer series in the great outdoors. Camp um, murder. <laughs> murder in summer. <laughs> Best things ever now. Uh, so today we're headed to the 1970s and outer space. Um, this is the story of four friends who were camping and claimed to have been adopted by aliens. Um, there's a lot of information for this one, so it's actually going to be a two-parter. Um, so you guys will get to enjoy Double the aliens. Double the aliens. Double the fun. Do you remember yes. the, was it double mint gum? Was that the, yeah. Yeah, double mint, double the uh-huh, pleasure. The twins. So yeah. weird. Couldn't do Which, that. funny enough, there's twins in this story as well. Oh. Yeah. Double mint. <laughs> double mint twins. Double, double mint double twins. twins. <laughs> All right. First, we need a drink. This one's called Beam Me Up. So you're, it's pretty easy. <laughs> yes. Pretty simple. Um, drinking it now <laughs> in my little flower glass, though. You're gonna take a highball glass, um, which is like a tall, a tall glass. A <laughs> Fill tall it with glass ice. Or water. A tall glass. Well, no water, just ice. And yes. add in two ounces of Midori melon, one ounce of vodka, and a half ounce of fresh lime juice. And then you're gonna stir it all up like this. Sound effects for Sound effects are great. High quality. High quality. <laughs> and you're going to top the rest off with some pineapple juice and top it with a lamb wedge. A little garnish there. And, uh, delicious. A little summer tropical abduction-y green. It tastes like a hangover mango. tomorrow. <laughs> sugar tastes like sugar. It's an out-of-body <laughs> experience. <laughs> There's this part in the, um, the original Men in Black where the aliens all, water. Sugar, water. <laughs> My <laughs> brothers and I used to quote it all the time for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't even. This drink just reminds me of that. We literally don't <laughs> even remember half those movies. It's been so long. <laughs> it's because they used the little forgetting thing on you. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> so you can find this recipe with all of our other recipes on our Instagram, Crimes and Cocktails. Uh, or you can go to our Patreon, which is now just $3. Three, my lord. And you can get access to these episodes earlier. And we'll send you a sticker for signing up. And it's just a little, it's just paying a little respect, you know, because it actually costs us money to record. And while we totally do this for fun and don't mind paying the funds, if you want to help us out, that would be great. <laughs> you guys know enough about our lives by now to know that. <laughs> And we're broke. So. <laughs> broke 
all the time. <laughs> I literally, okay, this is going to make me sound so financially irresponsible, but I'm actually doing pretty, like, I'm saying I am on top of my things right now. Like, I was one of those people that was very irresponsible where if I had, like, debt accruing, I was just like, I'll deal with it later, which is not how you should live your life <laughs> at all. And now I am, like, going back and taking full responsibility for my... 20s <laughs> actions of my 20s yeah, actions of my 20s and paying those and i'm like it's so exciting to see like my credit go up and everything but sometimes like when you move stuff over to savings or like you got bills or whatever the uh <laughs> the checking account can look real low and i think i texted katie the other day and i was like so i have like ten dollars in my account and i really want starbucks <laughs> and you're like it's double star day. <laughs> yes, I'm like it's double star day, so you're losing money if you don't get it. You're so like, I need me. <laughs> if anybody wants to make an irresponsible financial decision, but you're on the fence, literally just contact me, <laughs> and I will be like, I'll give you an excuse. <laughs> Rent tomorrow, but you need neighbor. a tattoo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's tomorrow. The tattoos today. Yeah. <laughs> Housing is temporary. <laughs> Tattoos are forever. Exactly. Exactly. You got a car, don't you? <laughs> That's oh, true. Man. The worst. <laughs> All right. So we got our drink. <clears throat> we got our stuff. And I'm oh, just yeah. going to also say that uh, I think I sound a little bit more clear today. <laughs> but <laughs> I apologize. Like, I really think that the air conditioning is slowly killing me. And I re-listened to, like, our last few episodes. I was like, dear God, I am so congested in those episodes. Like, how horrible. <laughs> how sad. The air conditioning. It's more how really. sad. How sad. It's so choking you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on some stuff to clear it up. But, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to sweat it out. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. (sighs) All right. So now we're going to set the scene. Oh, yes. Let's light a campfire, shall we? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I know. Get your matches out. I don't have a match sound effect, but I got fire sound effect. Presto. (laughs) Here we go. Ooh. That's nice nice and warm. I can feel the heat. The smoke's blowing in my face. It's going to last in my clothes and my hair for the next five weeks. You know what they say about smoke? Your front arms beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me want a hot dog real bad. (laughs) All right. So now that we got that lit. (laughs) We're in Allagash, Maine, um, which is in... (laughs) Aroostook County. I was wondering how you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's pronounced correctly, but that's how I'm going to say it. And it's the only time I need to say it in the episode, so we're good. There you go. Um, It's a heavily wooded and big area for hiking and camping. It's right along the Allagash River. Um, This abduction took place on August 20th, 1976. And at this time, the population in the area was 456 people. It's actually dropped since then. Um, as of 2020, there's only 237 people living in the area. Um, all since it's been for <laughs> all, all abducted, yes, they never made it back. Um, 
I know, I'm guessing it's probably because it's just people who run like shops and gas stations and whatever for campers or like state parks people. Literally um, every time I go to yeah. like an area like that to camp and I see people living there, I'm just like, what do you guys do? I mean, now I feel like after 2020, like now people can work remotely. So you could literally live in the middle yeah. of nowhere as long as you got internet. But some- I'd be like, there's not a Starbucks. <laughs> I'm out. Like, I'm out. Sorry. I'm well, out. Oh, where uh, I was in Santa Cruz recently, and uh, we were going to like a winery, and you know, there's all these houses in Santa Cruz. When I think of Santa Cruz, I don't think of it as like out in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. up in those mountain ranges, you kind of are. And you guys it's like more, in Bonnie Dune? Uh, yeah, I think we were yeah. somewhere up there. Yeah, and um, I was thinking about. I'm like, if you go to the grocery store, like you have to plan that. Because it's probably like a 30, 45, maybe an hour drive. Because yeah. you're just going down like a little tiny road. So I'm like, you can't just be like, oh shit, I forgot sugar. Let me run to the store real fast. Like, you need to plan what you need. Yeah, I have a volunteer who was telling me about her her brother and sister-in-law. And that they live way up um, in this very remote area. Because they manage a forest, which it sounds like the coolest job ever um your employees are just trees um and (laughs) they have to go up like an old logging road for an hour to get to their house and in the winter you can't get to the house because of like all the snow they have to like stop park their car on this road and then take snowmobiles the rest of the way and i'm just like what (laughs) like what or like um (laughs) There's some of those people that, like, uh, live... Well, even, like, in... What is it? Newport Beach or something like that? Some of those people, like, they need to take, like, a little boat to their car. Yeah. So, I yeah. don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. People living no. in different so, areas. This is definitely one of those type places. So, the area is so remote that when these four campers um, were going to their site, they actually had to fly in with their supplies. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it's that kind of place. And then despite its small population, it's actually one of the largest towns in Maine because of the land area. It covers 131 square miles. With only 237 people living there now. That's, like, crazy. I've never Um, been to Maine. It's probably beautiful, though. All I think about is lobsters, right? Yeah, Maine lobsters. (laughs) And and they have the red (laughs) slam (laughs) chowder. So, anyways... Um, so like I said, it's August of 1976, and the four friends were out camping, um, and they are twin brothers, Jack and Jim Wiener. Um, I think Wiener. it's Wiener, but I'm going to say Wiener. <laughs> and two of their friends, Chuck Rack and Charlie Fultz. Um, so they had planned for a two-week camping trip. All the men were pretty close. They had been friends since high school, and they were all currently attending the same college. Um, which was the Massachusetts College of Art and Design. Uh, they're art students. It all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> so on their second night of camping, one of the twins, Jim, saw a bright object in the sky. We're just going to get right into this. Uh, <laughs> so he saw a bright object in the sky for about 30 seconds before it vanished. At first, he thought it was a planet. Um, but then, like, they, he described it as closing in on itself like an eyelid when it vanished so he was like obviously that's not a planet um but none of the others had seen it so they were kind of just like yeah whatever dude whatever dude all right so two nights later on the 20th of august 
The men were night fishing in a canoe, and the same bright object appeared again. This time it was Chuck who noticed it first, and he pointed it out to the others. He said he felt like they were being watched and turned around and saw it. It was about 200 or 300 feet away was his estimation. All four of them said that it was so bright, almost as bright as the sun, which, I mean, it sounds a little dramatic to me, but okay. Uh, and it was the size of a two-story house, and it spun around like a gyroscope. Did I say that right? Gyroscope. Yeah. yeah. It was split into four quadrants with different colors and appeared almost liquid. These guys are, like, what drugs are these guys on? <laughs> Summer love. <laughs> There's some psychedelics there. Maybe they got yeah. that uh, kaleidoscope from uh, <laughs> Kate Junction. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> I'm sorry. After this, I need to tell you something. I was I was in Cave Junction Ooh. Um, Did you this go? past weekend. No, I didn't, but I'll tell you something later. <laughs> well, we want to know now. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, sorry to side story. So we went to a, <laughs> we went to an estate sale in Cave Junction, and we walked in, and all of us were like, "What is that smell?" And at first, I was like, "Okay, maybe it's the smell of like Ooh, um, like somebody's p- pets or something." And I'm like, "No, that's not like a pet smell. This is." something different um and then my aunt like picked up a cd and realized that there was like some weird like coating almost on it and then we look in the living room and i cannot take my eyes off of it it is this huge like in the big living room massive like dark reddish brownish black stain and when we left we all think that somebody had died in there and then that was their like decomposed remains and that the person just opened up the estate sale to sell the stuff because it was all not like oh, priced it was all just like thrown out around the room and then we think like the coating may have been like i don't know like some fingerprint test or something or no no cocaine? like i think it was like an elderly person who died and was like decomposing for a Ew. long time and left the stain and they removed the body but then didn't clean anything up before opening the house up to sell their stuff maybe they're just gonna like demolish the house and like it was foul it smelled so horrible in there and the lady there's some like russian lady like i don't know who she was but like nothing was set up like it was an estate sale and it was like a there was an estate sale going on in the neighborhood so then we're like wait was this even the estate sale or did they just saw that there was another estate sales going on and so they're like just opened up the house without you know cleaning anything oh that's so weird and creepy and it was illegal. so <laughs> gross and then like you know how they say like with bodies like if they sit in their drawers with lots of, like lots of bugs and stuff i got yeah. super bit up and uh, i think it was from uh, there uh, uh, so uh. why did you go to cave junction because there were some estates <laughs> <laughs> literally that's the last time i will ever go to cape Junction. <laughs> like, i didn't i didn't learn my lesson the first time i learned my lesson the second time dear god you got eaten up by bugs they were probably feasting on a corpse i know they were just like ooh, fresh meat <laughs> um, <laughs> looks like meat's back on the menu boys <laughs> <laughs> that's the lord of the rings quote for all you super nerds out there all right Cool story, bro. Uh, let's get back to it. <laughs> so, Charlie, he's not on drugs. He thinks he's seeing something different. Or maybe he is on drugs and he's still seeing something different. I don't know. It's the 70s. Um, 
I mean, right? It was almost it's the 70s, right? Yeah, it's yeah, 1976. <clears throat> so Charlie decides to send out an SOS signal to the object with his flashlight, which I actually don't even know how to do that. I feel like I should learn that since I go camping a lot. <laughs> I think it's like short, long, short or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I still wouldn't know. I'd just be like, waving it up. Give me a pacifier. Like the whistle. So they said that that, as soon as they did that, that it shot out a bright beam and it followed their boat in the water. Like, doom, giant spotlight. (laughs) It's like the ISO rolling. Yeah. I see you. (laughs) Uh, So they're all pretty freaked out by this. uh, And they started paddled back to their camp along the shore towards the large bonfire they had left going. Um,. But the beam was chasing them. Jack remembers thinking at this point that they were not getting back to shore and that whatever the slight was was going to get them. The next day, uh, paranoia is <laughs> all so the next thing they remembered. They were no longer in the water, but back on shore already. And they saw that the same bright light slowly shut off like an eclipse before moving away and vanishing. When they had initially noticed the light, they had only been about on the water for a short time, about 100 yards out from their campsite and their campfire was now completely out and cold. Um, It seemed like their hours had passed without them being able to account for the time. All four of the men were absolutely exhausted and just went to bed, (laughs) which I wouldn't. Um, The next morning, they decided to continue camping because they really couldn't explain what had happened the night before, and they didn't even really know. I think probably at this time they were like in denial. Um, they figured maybe one of them had put the fire out and forgot, or they the logs weren't really as, you know, long burning as they thought they were going to be, or they had imagined how long they had been out in the water, you know, whatever. I mean, um, or they were on drugs and you know, like right. age tripping night. <laughs> right. Um, all they could agree on was that all four of them had seen a strange light, and then like that's just kind of where they left it. So for the rest of the camping trip, nobody saw the light again. Once they were back home, all of them would tell their friends and family about the lights, but they would just laugh and say it was their imaginations, like, dude, you guys were just drunk or, like, on drugs, like, said it's the 70s, man. Um, But all four men would still talk about how strange it was and that it was the time, and it was that time that seemed to be missing during their trip. So if you guys know anything about alien abductions, Missing time is a huge indicator. Also, for indicator people who say they've been abducted. <laughs> yeah. Now, people who say they're abducted, they're like, I can't account for these 15 minutes. And I'm like, maybe you zoned out. Like, yeah. I do. <laughs> There's a lot of nights I can't account for. <laughs> <laughs> right? And all of them have had alcohol. <laughs> I literally climbed a mountain one time. <laughs> I want to see mountains get up. <laughs> No, it wasn't a mountain, but it was a very, very big, steep hill. And I, I think in my drunk logic, I was lost. And I was like, if I could get to the top of this, I could I navigate. See. I could see where I live. I could see my house from here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and navigate how to get down to it. So great. I'm so lucky to be alive. Um, so 12 years later, in the 80s, 1988, the nightmares began. Which is, like, kind of crazy that it took that many years for anything to happen so yeah i don't know the twins jack and jim 
both started having very bad dreams where they and Chuck and Charlie were naked and sitting on a bench. All right. And they could feel fear and see bug-eyed gray figures around them. The nightmares kept occurring and Jim was losing sleep. He kept waking up and feeling like those creatures were in his room and touching him. Ew. <laughs> so shortly before these nightmares, he had suffered a head injury and he was going... Uh, under some medical treatment for it and his doctor noticed that he wasn't getting sleep and asked him what was wrong and then he jim finally admitted to his doctor that the dreams he'd been having when his doctor said that jim's lack of sleep was causing his medical treatment to fail so the doctor told jim about the possibility of alien abductions which i find crazy that a doctor would suggest that like what doctor was this this is a real doctor. <laughs> I mean, I'm not denying that aliens exist, but like this is the 80s, and I don't yeah. think we were totally ready. We're not even ready for that now, so I don't know. <laughs> so he had, apparently the doctor had read about other people who had similar dreams to Jim. So this doctor's like, he's like all in on the alien theory. theory. <laughs> yeah, I think this is around the time where um, a lot of the Andreessen affair was also out there which i don't i don't remember if we talked about that before when I we did an alien so. um but it was like this couple that were supposedly abducted and it was like all over the news so i don't know <laughs> yeah but anyway so on the doctor's advice jim decided to go to a ufo symposium in Waltham, Massachusetts, in May of 1988. So he can find some answers. <laughs> He's like, I have a prescription. He's still talking <laughs> yeah. to his wife or girlfriend or whoever. <laughs> I have a prescription. I got to go to this UFO symposium. <laughs> and um, take these fantasy flakes with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so while he was there, he met Ray E. Fowler, a UFO researcher and then director of MUFON, which is Mutual UFO Network. So a little quick explanation of what MUFON is. Um, they're a U.S.-based nonprofit that began in 1969 in Quincy, Illinois. Um, they've since grown, and today they have like different networks in every state, um, and they're also in over 40 other countries. Um, they're huge. They're run by volunteers from all different backgrounds, um, dedicated to researching UFOs and alien activity and abductions, stuff like that, um, and like all different backgrounds there's like world-renowned scientists doctors retired military people who are part of MUFON um it's really weird <laughs> that like that many respected people are in it and it's not just like a group of weirdos living in their mom's <laughs> basement who are like yeah we're gonna look into this alien research like I just think of X-Files and his like yeah. um Fox Mulder's weird little friends who like live in the trailer and they're just like studying <laughs> activity. It is weird because so. like we know now. I mean, the government has officially said like, okay, yeah, there are things out there that we don't know about. You yeah, know, like there are unidentifiable things flying around. So yeah. we know that UFOs are real. Like we can definitely confirm that. But yeah. I think because we've grown up for so long just being like told that's not real that our brain is like fighting it still like even yeah. me when i'm like yeah i, I believe in ufos there's still is part of me that's like but do i really like or if like, i do i believe in ufos but do i think they're like some other country's technology that we don't yeah know yeah i'm still like unsure about what i believe in i don't really 
personally by the whole like bug-eyed looking people yeah um but i'm not gonna say that like these guys didn't go through something or that's what they saw or you know whatever like i I don't know there's a million reasons i i personally have not had any alien experiences so that's why i'm like i don't know so yeah and i feel like if i were to say like something like that in real life i'd be like fuck it's real (laughs) right like what in the world and then you have to like go get in contact with somebody and move on (laughs) yeah my family would think i was crazy and just yeah i think it's move on muffin i don't know (laughs) Whatever. We'll say Mufon. Mufon sounds Mufon. Sounds like Mutual UFO Network is what it stands for. <laughs> so anyway, back to Ray Fowler. This guy had covered a multitude of alien abductions already at this point. Um, he even claimed to be abducted himself. Um, alien abductions weren't anything new. I'm sure he had a lot of people coming up to him being like, I was abducted, man. Um, and he was also published several times, um, bought books about you know aliens and whatever. Um, but he believed Jim, um, and, uh, when Jim told him about what he and his friends had seen and about the nightmares that him and his twin were having, so Ray suggested that they go under hypnosis to help them remember, which I would have been so out at this point. I mean, like, just kidding. Like, the idea of being, like, hypnotized freaks me out so much. You ever did it at the (laughs) fair? (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) They're back squawk like a chicken. It's always crying. like when that stuff happens, I'm like, fake. I know, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, this person's not like pretending they're laying an egg or something. And they're like <laughs> making out with your boyfriend. They're like, I was under hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> Lies, you little slut. I'm like, no, I, I don't know. The idea of it, I'm just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, no. Yeah. I definitely think it's uh, real, just not the people at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So, you're getting very sleepy. Yeah, you're getting very sleepy. It happened that quickly? Like, come on. So yes. Jim asked the other three men, and they all agreed to go under hypnosis to try and find out what happened to them. They went under separately in different sessions and agreed not to tell each other about their experiences until all four of them were done. That way it just wouldn't, you know, mess the, the whole thing up. So the sessions included Ray Fowler, like we said, a a physicist from MUFON. I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. So the sessions included Ray Fowler. They included a physicist, a MUFON consultant who specialized in hypnosis, and consultants who worked in the psychiatric and polygraph testing. So Ray was able to create a 702-page report based on these sessions, which lasted over two years it's quite the commitment quite the commitment i just want to know what these guys were doing for a living at this time um after each man had finished with his session ray gathered them together and told them that they had that each of them almost had like identical and very descriptive memories while under hypnosis during the sessions the twins jim and jack remembered other abductions by aliens that had happened to them during childhood Now, if you remember earlier, we mentioned that all four men had been attending an art college. So as part of the hypnosis, they were able to draw pictures of what they were seeing, and all these sketches looked pretty dang similar. So they're like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe y'all did see the same thing. 
So during these sessions, each man remembered being taken from the canoe by a tube-like beam of light and felt as if their minds were being controlled by the creatures who they described as human-like. Um, also, like Tabitha had said, the twins were remembering abductions that happened to them as kids, as this led them to go over their past, and this led them to go over their past medical records. Um, they discovered that some of their medical records were missing. Um, in one instance, Jack had a cyst removed on his leg that had been sent out to be biopsied. He claimed that he had never heard about the results and that when he dug deeper, the surgeon admitted to sending it off to the military to be examined. Okay, that's creepy. Yeah, and then the military denied that that ever happened when he went to contact the base that they told him they sent it to. Um, so, yeah, some really strange stuff going on, for sure, um, which we're going to get deeper into um, in part two. So sorry to leave you guys hanging at this point, but we don't want to cram everything, you know, into one. That's what she um, said. <laughs> so you're going to have to tune in next time to get some more details tune in next on everything time. they remembered. Ew, yeah. though, like, mailing assist. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, like, some... Both of the twins had some medical stuff that was missing or that had been weird, and then, like, yeah. So, you know, I don't even whether know that they... was true or not, or that's something they were just saying, like, you know, I don't know, but um, it is kind of freaky to think about. I never really thought about it, but, like, what do they even do with the stuff, like... So if they remove a tumor, like, what do you guys do with it? Do they burn it? A tumor? Yeah. What do they do it, with it? It probably just becomes, like, medical waste and is disposed of. But how do you dispose or of burned. medical waste? Burn it? Probably. Wait. I'm a doctor. I, <laughs> I remember um, my friend, her mom had, like, a some kind of, it was, like, a hard cyst that was, like, yeah. behind her ear and she went with her mom to like go get it removed and she was in high school i think at the time and i guess like the doctor like gave a little shot numbed like her mom it was very like small like little incision like she didn't need to go under surgery or anything like that and they just like slit like right behind her ear and like yeah. a marble basically like fell out and rolled on the floor ah! over to my friend's foot and she passed out which i don't blame her because i fucking was disgusting <laughs> so every time I hear cyst, I know that they don't look like that. Like, you all think of them are like different. That I think type. of that moment. <clears throat> I just looked it up and medical waste is incinerated. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Then we get to breathe it in. <laughs> mm, cyst air. Cyst. <laughs> all right. Well, that is this uh, a wrap for camp murder or camp abduction <laughs> yes this part week one. for part one and then uh in two weeks we'll have part two so yeah yep. all right well it's been fun <laughs> good night don't campers. get abducted before we <laughs> hear the rest <laughs> bye, bye.